What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, and welcome back to Gunfighter Life. As always, I am your host, Michael Melito. First and foremost, I am a Christian. A little bit about my bio. I've been very blessed in life by God to do a lot of different things. I've carried guns in combat, come back in one piece. I've carried both rifles and pistols, machine guns, rocket launchers, demolitions, and come back safe and sound when a lot of other good men did not. I've worked as a police officer at LAPD on the some of the nastiest streets in the country and carried a gun there too. I have been blessed to compete in rifle, pistol, shotgun, archery, muzzleloader, hatchet throwing even. If uh, it's a projectile weapon, I've probably competed in it and done it. And I've been very blessed by God to win a lot of different competitions, both rifle and pistol and other disciplines as well. Um, but rifle and pistol have really been my bread and butter. I've served honorably, active and reserve in both the Marine Corps and the Army. I'm very blessed there. I have secured a lot of bases and worked on a lot of different three-letter government agencies, which uh, some I'll mention, some I won't. I'm an FBI certified firearms instructor. I've been a firearms instructor at at, uh, some of the biggest private uh, shooting organizations in the country. I've got a bunch of different certificates from a bunch of different three-letter government agencies, uh, and I don't get any credit for that. All the credit and all the glory goes to God. I'm just the reason I started this podcast. If I, if you haven't heard another episodes, is a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on guns and gunfighting and tactics and gun stuff, and that's great. And I'm glad they're putting that content out. But a lot of them lack the real-world experience that I've been very blessed to have. And since I've been given that opportunity, I would like to share it with you. Um, just like anything else, some things you may like, some things you may dislike, but uh, that's a little bit about my background, just so you know that I'm not just, uh, you know, armchair commandoing this, that I've actually had boots on the ground. My full-time job right now, I lead a tactical team in a very large metropolitan area. Uh, we don't call ourselves a SWAT team, but if you saw us, you probably would. Um, I won't say any more about that because that's my current full-time job in this podcast. There's no way affiliated with that, but but just to say that I've had actual boots on the ground and done this for a living uh, for quite a long time. I would like to share those experiences with you. Today's podcast, I'm either in, in entitled The BZO or Gun Dope. And if you don't know what dope is in regards to uh, the gunfighting world, dope is basically the information of how your rifle or your pistol is zeroed. Zeroed means that the point of aim where you're actually pointing the weapon and the point of impact where the bullet actually hits are the same, the zero of the weapon. And we also call that dope, all the different information, windage, elevation, adjustments, all that stuff is called dope. Uh, Not the dope you might be most familiar with in the common vernacular, but uh, in referring to gun dope, rifle dope, pistol dope, that's what's going to be entitled this episode, either one of those two things. 
We're going to roughly be talking about what that is, how to get that, best practices, just a little bit of the of the intro. If you are a professional gunfighter, some of the stuff you may know, some of the stuff, even if you are, just some of the tips and tricks that I've learned. So I'll give you those. We'll start out with some basics. Um, I'm going to tell you to start out if you're going to zero your rifle or your pistol, but I'll talk mostly about rifle because that's what most people zero. Um, first and foremost, uh, get your fundamentals down. That's the basics, the fundamentals. You know, I've been doing this for years. I've won a bunch of different high-level competitions. I've I've done this a lot. Go. I always go back to the basics. Always practice. Always dry fire. Um, you know, you got to build on that firm foundation. So before you go out and do anything live fires, your I would say gear trigger control. First and foremost, practice your dry firing, which means no live ammunition. You still follow all your safety rules. Still keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire. Still always keep your weapon pointed in a safe direction. Still always know your backstop. Consider your target. Know its background. Follow all those safety rules. If you shoot yourself or somebody else, it's your fault. So that said, practice your trigger control. Get it so that when you slowly depress that trigger, that gun doesn't move at all. Those sights don't move at all off the target. Get that down. Because no matter how great equipment you have, if you can't do that, none of the other stuff really matters. Get your consistent cheek weld, your consistent putting your head in the same place, your finger in the same place. Once you get those, mark them. Take that Sharpie, take that pen, mark your finger for when you go out to actually zero your weapon that you're doing it right and the weapon doesn't move. So let's start from there. Start with the software skills before you worry about the hardware and the kit and the equipment and all the cool stuff that guys like to drool over. Get yourself in order first. That gun will only ever shoot as good as you can shoot it. The uh, doesn't really matter if you have a rifle that'll shoot a quarter MOA if you can only shoot four MOA. So start there. Once you have that, you're going to need a few things to zero your weapon uh, properly, especially a rifle. So you're going to need some kind of. You obviously, you need a rifle. You're probably going to have your sighting. You're going to have a sighting system, whether that's iron sights or optics or both. So make sure those are locked tighted down. Make sure they're tight. If you don't know the proper torque and stuff, whatever manufacturer it is, look it up or write them. They'll tell you. They'll let you know. Um, Go with their recommendation. They know best. Um, So get that all squared away. Get it Loctited. Like I said, practice your cheek weld. Nothing's going to suck more than spending all that time and getting your optic put on. You go out to the range and you get in the prone and realize that you can't see through your scope or you can only see through it a little bit because your eye relief isn't right. So get that all squared away before you go out get everything locked tighted down nothing sucks in getting your weapon zeroed and then you start seeing rounds go everywhere and you realize that your optics loose your iron sights are loose so make sure that is squared away square away that you're going to need that loctite you're going to need whatever it is to mount your optic your weapon your iron sights Uh, that being said if you are going to zero make sure you zero your iron sights first and then your optic there's a couple ways to do that. If you can co-witness, we'll get into that later. Uh, some things you're also going to need. You're also going to need some kind of rest, hopefully. You can do it without it. You can do just a hasty BZO, battle site zero, just getting in the prone. But even if you're really, really good, you'll still be better with a rest. You have a human body. The human body moves and breathes, and, and it's not perfect. Um, so if you can get that rest, if you can get a commercial rest, you know, a lead sled is probably best. Um, some other kind of rest... You know, you can use an improvised rest. 
I'll tell you a quick, easy little hack here for a rest. Take an old pair of pants. Get some kind of... uh, Take an old pair of pants. Cut off the pant legs. You take a zip tie. You either just fill the pants or get some kind of plastic bag or a Walmart bag. Double it up. And you fill that bag with some kind of bag or bags depending on the size that you're trying to get fill that bag or bag up with rice or lentils or beans or even sand if that's all you have i don't like sand because if it does bust loose it makes a big mess um oatmeal anything like that anything that's gonna make a good stable shooting rest fill that pant leg up uh and then put a zip tie on the other side so there you got it and that's pretty much your sandbag rest, very stable. You might make want to make one to three of those, depending. You can use one or two in the front and then one in the back. Try to have as little of your influence on it as possible. So there we go. You got your rest. You're going to need that. Obviously, you're going to need all your basic range equipment, eyes and ears and everything. You're going to need whatever tool you need to adjust your sights and your optics. Don't you know? make the mistake of being out there and trying to adjust your... And a very common example, adjust your AR-15 front sight with no tools. It's it's a pain in the butt. Have the right tools before you go out. Have them set up in a little kit. That way you don't have to waste time looking for them. Um, so get everything ready for your zero. All right, so now you're all ready for your range trip. Let's talk about zeroing. Um, we'll talk about this in a couple of different principles. Uh, you're going to have to realize is height over bore couple of basic principles when you look on charts and stuff it may look like the bullet is going up and it is going up because you point the barrel up but realize all the bar- the bullet ever does when it exits that barrel is fall the reason it looks like it's rising is because we have what's called height over bore your sights are higher than your bore line and those two things cross so if you kind of picture this in your head or look up a chart you're looking straight for all intents and purposes light doesn't bend at least here on earth as far as we can perceive it with the human eye so your line of sight is straight you look straight through your sights your bore is oriented up so the bullet comes up and it crosses your line of sight once rising and then gravity obviously takes it down after it hits max ord the highest it'll rise above the bore line it falls again and crosses over twice so the bullet and your line of sight aren't the same all the time that would be impossible that would only be possible if there was no gravity Um, so it's going to cross twice and with most modern sporting rifles, your AR-15s, whatever you want to refer to those as, your AK-47s, you have a pretty significant height over bore, which means that it's going to cross over once and then twice. You can zero your weapon for the first one or the second one. Realize that for most things, unless you have a very low height over bore and you're zeroing it far away, like a 100 yard zero for a hunting rifle with a very little height over bore, you're only going to you're going to have two where it crosses over. Crosses over once rising your line of sight and crosses over again when it's falling back into your line of sight. Uh, A very common distance for your AR-15s, for your modern sporting rifles like that, is going to be a 50 and a 250 or a 25 and a 300. So with a 25-300, you have kind of a bigger arc. So it crosses over once at the 25, it rises pretty steeply, and it falls back again at the 300. You have a higher what's called max ordinance. So in your middle, let's say when that bullet rises the most, you'll have a bigger gap there. and But you have a longer distance before it crosses over again. So a farther distance to where you have to hold over. So you don't have to hold over again for a farther range. And that's up to you if you want to do it like that. So you have that. 
Now you can do whatever you want. I'll let you know that I use the 5250, and that's a rough estimate. You got to check that for yourself. Uh, a lot of people put that out there like it's a fact, but that may depend on your rifle. But I like the 5250. It crosses over your line of sight first at 50 meters, and then again about 250 meters. And like I said, that depends on a lot of different things. Um, your barrel length, your velocity, your ammunition, your height over bore. It's not the same for every rifle. It's not the same for every optics mount. It's not the same for every optic. So all that stuff makes a difference. you got to double check this, but these are just rough things. So generally accepted that a 50 meter zero for your for your rifle is good even for your hunting rifle there's the old adage that uh inch high inch high at 100 so if you're sighting in your hunting rifle you have a little bit uh lower height over bore because this the stock actually drops on like an ar-15 or or uh, other modern sporting rifles so the inch high at 100 if you look at the numbers it's pretty close to the same as a 50 yard zero so like I said, always verify this, but the 50-yard zero is what I prefer. So get what distance you're going to zero your rifle at. For my primary battle rifle, my SCAR-17, uh, it's a little bit different. It's uh, For whatever reason, it's zeroed at 50, and it's zeroed again at about 230 yards. So there's that. Um, but that I know that zero on that weapon that's what it is you need to know the zero for your weapon so get down get in that good solid position do your dry firing so you're not wasting ammo getting crappy groups make sure your gun doesn't move when you squeeze that trigger nice and slow um, and then fire a group of three to four rounds that's really up to you um, you may even want to do your first one or two rounds at a very close distance 10 15 yards because if you put it at a far distance and you're completely not on paper, then you just wasted those rounds. Um, you might do it at a closer distance and realize that you need to be a little bit higher than your target, a couple inches at, you know, 15 yards, and then push it back to 15. At least it's on paper. One little thing I'll tell you when you go to adjust your iron sights or your optics, I've learned this the hard way many times. I have to relearn it sometimes because I'm hard-headed, but uh, don't try to overcorrect. Um, do less than what you think you need to because nothing's worse than, oh, you're a couple inches to the left and you crank that sight over. Now you're a couple inches to the right and you move it back and you're too far to the left. Um, get a safe judgment and click it over. Let's say you're you know three inches right. Click it over a little bit to the left and then shoot again. That way you walk it in. And then you're not way off one side and then way off to the other side because you overcorrected. So don't make that mistake if you can help it. Get those zero, like I said, zero your iron sights first. Um, and all weapons are different, so I won't get into exactly how to do that. You can look that up. But once your iron sights are zeroed, then you can take your, if you can co-witness, you can take your red dot. This works with a pistol or a rifle. You can take your red dot, look through your sights, look through your rear sight aperture and your front sight, and put that dot right on the top of that front sight, looking through your rear sight. And then you zero it. Keep doing that. You don't have to fire a shot. Once it's zeroed on your iron sights, you shoot and confirm the zero of your optic. And it should be pretty close to dead on. You fold those sights down and then you, you confirm that zero. Always confirm your zero. A good practice is you get that zero, you got that rifle where you want it. You stand up, you walk around, you get back in position, you shoot a confirmation zero. Make sure that you weren't doing something crazy when you zeroed it. Uh, make sure it shoots in the same place. Once it's all zeroed, 
then that's your battle site zero. The next part of the zeroing process is making a dope card. So write down, you know, what the distance is that you zeroed it for. You may be like, oh, I don't need to do that. But if something happens and you switch rifles and you come back to that rifle a few months later, you may forget. You may forget what distance you zeroed it for. You may forget what ammo you had in it. That makes a huge difference. You zero your, you know, your 5.56 with 62 grain and you buy some cheap 55 grain at Walmart, it's not going to be the same zero. You need to remember what you zeroed it for, when you zeroed it, um, the ammunition that you zeroed it. So write all that down on your dope card. I even like to draw a diagram. I draw what the sights look like. I draw what the target looks like. I draw what my point of aim, point of impact looks like. You know, at 50 meters, at 250 meters, whatever it is, I write that down. I write that information down. Um, that way, the next time I go out, I know what it is. Even when, if even if I don't have a chance to shoot, I can go back and look at that card before a mission, before I, uh, you know, put boots on the ground. I can look at that real quick and be like, okay. And we'll expand on that. Once you know that zero, you can also write on that card. Okay, I know it. You know, 300, 400 yards. This is where I have to hold. And then you can draw that. Actually, you know. People make fun of Marines for like crayons, but actually take some crayons, colored pencils, pens, whatever, draw on a card so that you know what that is and study it. That way you have to do less in the actual moment. You don't really have to think. Your body will just automatically, your brain will automatically be like, oh, that looks like 350 yards. I've already range find it. It's on my range card. Uh, I know what I have to hold over at that distance. You already know it. Um, Conversely, do it at the close distances too, especially for a battle weapon. You know, a lot of... A lot of stuff happens up close. You know, a lot of people make the mistake of, especially under stress, shooting exactly where they want the bullet to go. But that doesn't work, say, on an AR if you're shooting a headshot at seven yards. If you aim for the center of the head, you're going to miss the head because, like we talked about, that height over bore. You have to aim somewhere else. You may even have to aim off the target, off the head, to hit dead center in the head. Uh, You need to know what that is. You need to be familiar with that. You need to practice that. You need to draw that on your diagram. So know that be familiar with that know that at seven yards at 15 yards at arm's length distance where you have to aim uh you may not think you have to aim at those distances but you do now once you've got all that information recorded i would encourage you to make a copy of it i would encourage you to keep one on the rifle take that little piece of paper roll it up put it in the pistol grip put it in the butt stock uh another good tip if you don't want to do that is actually write it on the gun take a pencil or one of those paint markers if you're not one of the people that treat your guns like a Barbie doll. And just write on it. Write on the sling if you want. Take the sling and write on it. You know, it's zeroed at 50 yards and you get 250 yards. Uh, write your dope on it. You know, at 350 yards, they have to hold, you know, six inches high. Whatever your dope is, go ahead and write it on the gun itself. Write it on the scope mounts with a pencil. Write it on the sling. Write it on the stock. Do whatever you need to do. Even draw a little diagram if you want with a pencil, you know, on the top of your scope cover. This is my dope. This is what it's zeroed for. This is my sight picture. That way when you pick up that rifle and you're waiting for something to happen, you can look at it. It's reassuring. Okay, I know that this is the deal. Um, and that's it. And that the dope is very important. Now, that being said, you can do the same thing with a pistol. You can... Uh, first of all, you have to get your fundamentals down with a pistol. If you're shooting a 6-inch group at, you know... 10 meters, 10 yards, then, you know, zeroing your pistol is not going to do a whole lot of good. Once you get your fundamentals down and you can get those good tight groups, the same thing applies. That bullet also covers your bore line twice in the pistol, a lot of times at like 7 yards and then at 25 yards. Um, 
you also have to understand the difference between the two different kinds of pistol sights. You got what's called a six o'clock hold and a combat hold. You know, and it depends on your pistol and your sights. A Glock with a factory set of sights will shoot at six o'clock, meaning that that bullet will hit at the top of the front sight. A lot of other guns, like an M&P, is designed to hit where the dot is in the middle of the front sight. I'm not going to say one's better than the other. Um, that's really up to you. It's like the 25 meter zero versus the 50 meter zero. I personally like the combat hold. I like the bullet to hit exactly where that dot is. I like to put the front dot of the front sight on my target and hit it. Some people don't like that. There are advantages to the six o'clock hold, but you can do the same thing with a pistol. Is your pistol with that and ammunition can make a huge difference, especially with a tilting barrel design like a Glock or most modern pistols. Your velocity, your bullet weight can make a huge difference, especially out to like 25, 50 meters. And you know, 50 meters is pistol distance if you're good enough to do it easily. You know, the point of aim, point of impact can be a huge difference. Does, you know, does your gun shoot where you're aiming at? Does your pistol shoot point of aim, point of impact at 25 yards, at 50 yards, at seven yards? And a lot of times there's offsets for those. You need to know those. The same thing, write the dope down, write it down in your pistol case, write it down on a little piece of paper, shove it in the back of your pistol grip, do what you gotta do. To know that dope, take a pencil and write it on your gun. Um, it is what it is. Write down what your duty load is. Make sure you zero it with your duty load. If you practice with 115 grain, crappy, you know, the cheapest you can find ammo, and then you shoot a 147 or 124 plus B duty round, odds are, unless you're shooting like a Beretta where the barrel doesn't tilt, you're going to have a giant swing and point of aim, point of impact. You need to zero your gun with the duty rounds. If your duty rounds are so expensive you're not willing to do that, then either buck up and spend some more money or get some different duty rounds. But you need to do that with the rounds you're going to trust your life with because they don't shoot in the same place. Sometimes they'll be wildly off at like 25 yards. They'll be 6 to 8 inches off, which if you have to take a fine shot if somebody's halfway behind cover, that, that's a big difference. You need to know, not even know, you need to have your gun dialed in so that when you point that front sight at your target assuming you ever do everything right which is hard enough in a gunfight that your bullet's going to hit where you want it to hit so zeroing we think a lot of with the rifle but it also applies with the pistol we'll touch real briefly on the shotgun now yes you do still have to bzo or zero a shotgun both for hunting and for defense doesn't have to be as scientific but uh, if you're going to zero it for hunting, you ought to get something the size of what you are planning on hunting with the load you're planning on hunting with. Let's say if you're planning on hunting rabbits, get a target or actually get something that a target with a rabbit on it or get a target roughly the same size as the vital zone on a rabbit. Get your, let's say, number six shot high brass, you know, federal load, whatever you're going to choose. Put it out and shoot at it from the different distances and find out the distance that you can be away and still put enough solid pellets on that target to get a consistent hit every time. If you're going to hunt, you should be ethical. You owe it You owe it to that animal to take it out cleanly. So a very simple way to zero your shotgun. Not all loads will shoot the same out of every shotgun, out of every choke. Um, those things you see about, you know, a full choke is good out to 40 yards. You know, that depends on your shotgun and your load and a lot of different things. Also, shotguns, just like rifles, they have to be zeroed. Some pattern high, some pattern low, some pattern right, some pattern left. Um, so that just depends. You really have to know that about your shotgun. Same with defensive loads. Get, uh, you know, your standard target and pattern it with if you got a defensive shotgun with no chokes or w with whatever kind of choke you're going to have in it. 
Uh, and if you don't know about chokes, that's not something to cover in this episode, but take whatever you're planning on using and figure out what distances it's still good at. Does it pattern high? Does it pattern low? Um, at what distance do you start putting pellets off of that target to make it unsafe in which to take that shot? Or to know you can only take that shot if you have a completely safe backstop because some of those pellets are going to go outside your target. You should know that about your shotgun. If your shotgun has adjustable sights, then it's the same thing if you have a rifle-type sight or an optical-type sight. Know that. Um, and adjust your sights for your shotgun for that load, if, especially if it's slugs. You need to know. Don't just assume because it's a shotgun that you know, it's going to be okay. You still have to zero your shotgun, especially if, even if it, if it doesn't just have a vent rib sight without adjustable sights. You still need to know that your load is going to hit with that sight at that distance. So you have to zero your shotgun as well. Um, that's all we'll cover today, I think, for zeroing and BZOing. Like I said, those quick tips, get a good stable rest. Make sure that you dry fire beforehand to make sure that your form is good because your rifle is not going to shoot good if you can't shoot it good. Uh, it's not It's not magic. You have to make the rounds go. They're not going to go there just because you really, really want them to. You have to put rounds in the bullseye. You have to do that. So make sure that you have done your part. It's not all about the gear. Make sure you have the tools and equipment necessary to adjust your iron sights or your optics. Make sure that uh, you understand how your optic works, how that it's mounted properly. Make sure that it's all Loctited up. Make sure that you understand the trajectory of your round. Make sure you know what distance you're going to zero it at and why. That's about all I'll say today for the BZO and the Battle Site Zero and your gun dope. Thanks for listening to another episode of Gunfighter Life. Thank you and have a blessed day. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.